Welcome, everyone. We're going to move right ahead here. We appreciate everyone that is studying with us today, or whenever you're podding it up later on, that's fine. Anyway, welcome one and all. We're in chapter 20 of Ecclesiasticus, and we're talking about gifts and uh, giving and silence and speaking and slipping of the tongue. We've all had that happen. Oh boy, of lying, thou shalt not lie. Ouch, that's a bad one. And uh, let's, with that, let's just get going. Let's just dive in there. In chapter 20, in Ecclesiasticus, verse 1, there is a reproof that is not comely. Again, some man holdeth his tongue, and he is wise. Okay, so there wasn't the right time and place to do the reproof. We must wait for the right time and place, and here we have the wisdom of knowing when to hold the tongue. In two, it is much better to reprove than to be angry secretly, and he that confesseth his fault shall be preserved from hurt. Okay, so here's a, a confession. Then we can move on. Um, and then this secret anger here. That can what? Build up and build up. Here in two, we're, we're letting it, we're, we're getting it out in the open. And that, that is, in most cases, a good thing. All right, in three, it says, How good is it when thou art reproved to show repentance? Question mark. For so shalt thou escape without sin. Period. Why? Well, you've confessed your uh, wrong, not only to someone else, but especially to God Almighty, and asked, for uh, forgiveness, so you're going to, what, escape the snares of sin here. And four, it says, as is the lust of an eunuch to deflower a virgin, so is he that ex executeth judgment with violence. Okay. So here we have quite a little uh, similitude. Um, and like I said, the, the, the uh, eunuch cannot deflower the virgin, obviously. And you can't have proper judgment if you're going to be violent. Okay, so that's the little scenario there. In 5, it says, There is one that keepeth silence and is found wise. And another, by much babbling, becometh hateful. Again, knowing when to speak, and how to speak, and what to speak, and when to uh, listen instead, and uh, to be quiet there. And that's the gist of five and six. It says, Some man holdeth his tongue, because he hath not to answer. And some keep keepeth silence, knowing his time. 
Again, that's knowing. Uh, these things have been taught earlier in these uh, chapters. You know, if you don't know what you're doing, you should learn before you speak. And on the other hand, there's a time and a place to do the speaking and to know when to speak. That is, that is wisdom here. In 7, it says, A wise man will hold his tongue till he see opportunity, but a babbler and a fool will regard no time. Now go back there to Ecclesiastes, where old King Solomon is talking about there's a time for every purpose under heaven. And I, I kind of lean this towards knowing where to apply scriptures, when and where and how. We've been going through all that. All right, in 8 it says, He that useth many words shall be abhorred, and he that taketh to himself authority therein shall be hated. Okay, so there's a, quite a science to this speaking and the use of too many words and big words that no one really knows the, the meaning of, including the person using them many times. And it puts the audience to sleep. It actually does like a chant. It does like a, uh, um, a babbling prayer where you're just repeating a mantra. You're repeating over and over and over. And the mind ends up going to sleep. You're, you go blank. And if I use too many big words in a row that people don't know the meaning... It will put their brain to sleep. And the priest of Baal know the science of putting the uh, mind to sleep or in a trance. It's a uh, trance state that he puts you in. And then the speaker can interject his idea. And he's using the big words and he's going on. And then he's just waiting for that opportunity, for that chink in your armor to hammer you with his real purpose in speaking. It's, it's quite an art. In fact, it's witchcraft. A lot of people use that right on the pulpit. Okay, and, they, and people can't wait to run out of there. <laughs> anyway, the person that uses all the big fancy words with, uh, a $100 word for a 10-cent idea shall be abhorred. And the people that rule over others with this technique shall be hated. In 9, it says, There is a sinner that hath good success in evil things, and there is a gain that turneth to loss. Period. So I don't care how you run long you run on with your thievery and your evils and uh evil goes from a to z there's a million different types of evil uh but even the ones that are on top that uh love lucifer that are just hardcore um conscience is gone they love the evil they enjoy the evil um, the only people they reverence is someone that has more power than they do on one level, level or another. 
okay, and they'll have success, and they might even have it in this world. They might have a lot of trophies in their evil, but someday they're going to turn around, and it will be there. It will be Judgment Day, okay? Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not the next day, but you'll turn around someday, and there will be your Judgment Day. You hear me out there? Talking to the men of the unseen hand. In Tennessee, there is a gift that shall not prosper thee, and there is a gift whose recompense is double. Okay. All right. Let me give you an example here, real quick. Let's say someone's giving cattle away, and they give me a horse, and I don't know how to ride a horse. And he just eats up all the food and tramples the fence over, and he's nothing but a pain. And I don't even ride. So all he's done is cost me uh, um, money. Now, on the other hand, let's say I got a cow, and I like milk and cheese, and and he uh, and I fatten him up good, and he keeps uh, producing that milk, and uh, we chill it off chill the milk and we uh, make butter and we, we get something back, a recompense from it. Uh, sometimes a gift will cost you double. Okay. Anyway, 11, there is an abasement because of glory and there is that lifteth up his head from low estate. Again, uh, here you can look at the difference in the physical world and the world to come. If I have millions of dollars and it turns my heart away from God Almighty, that is a bad trade. And here I'm at least lowly in heart or all the way down in a low estate. And yet I gain the wisdom and understanding. Okay, so... Um, Things can change quickly. Not always is it quickly. But you'll turn around and uh, the bottom will be on the top. How do you like that? And the humble will, will be raised up on judgment day with the Lord. Okay, in 12 it says, There is that buyeth much for a little and repayeth it sevenfold, okay? So, uh, like I said, you're not always going to make a profit here. You're buying something for little, uh, and that can be uh, good. You can have a lot of gain. Not necessarily, though. Uh, see, here it is. You buy much for little, and... Uh, it can work two ways. You can sell it off, whatever this is, and you might make a lot of profit, okay? But uh, it, it might not. And the upkeep on it's like some old house that you just got to keep uh, dumping money into and money into, and it just never pays for itself. The taxes go up. Uh, the repairs go up. Your lawn service goes up. And your renter don't pay. So you're not being profited. But uh, in spiritual matters, especially, we can uh, lay a seed like a, a mustard seed and have it grow a hundredfold. <laughs> okay. 
All right, so there's all that. Uh, that's open. That We could discuss that one at a good uh, Bible study table, couldn't we? Thirteenus says, A wise man by his words maketh himself beloved, but the graces of fools shall be poured out. <laughs> okay. So there's somebody that as soon as he starts talking, people are ready to get up and leave. All right. There's no benefit to it. And there's no uh, edification. Uh, well, again, what are the words? Are they words of wisdom and understanding? Is that our love? Or is it foolishness? Okay. All right. In 14, it says the gift of a fool shall not do thee no good when thou hast it, neither yet of the envious for his necessity, for he looketh to receive many things for one. <laughs> okay. And that's a way of softening people up, see. You go in there and you, uh, let's say I buy you a T-shirt, okay, and it's got something cute on there. Now I'm sitting at your supper table. All, all week long. How you doing, neighbor? Okay, so they, they, they give the gift to get something back. All right. And in this case, it's not an equal balance, and uh, they're not helping you, this gift of a fool. Uh, 15. He giveth little and abradeth much. He openeth his mouth like a crier, today he lendeth. And tomorrow will he ask it again. Such an one is to be hated of God and man. So uh, he, he advertises his uh, opportunity here. And uh, when he's lending, he opens his mouth and tells everybody. And as soon as he, as soon as he does that, he, he's ready to ask I want it right back here. <laughs> All right, so uh, this individual is a, uh, what do you want to call it? He's stirring up trouble. It sounds like to me. How about you, ta table people? 16, the fool saith, I have no friends. Well, I, don't, I have Benzie, Bo, and Harriet. Anyway, the fool saith, I have no friends, I have no thank for all my good deeds, and they that eat my bread speak evil of me. All right, so this person's not taking a good look in the mirror, are they? And uh, they're not willing to smell the, the roses here, and they are not... Uh, thankful for for the, every breath of their life that they're getting. Uh, if they're eating your bread, well, then you had bread. Be thankful for that. And why are they speaking evil of you? Is it because you're good? Well, that can happen. The more good you do, the more they speak evil of you. Uh, but the problem here is that the fact is if you have no friends... Is there a reason for that that you need to see in the mirror? And if you're doing good for people uh, through the doctrine, uh, etc., uh, the Lord sees all your good deeds, and you'll get recompense from the Lord. 
17 it says how oft and of how many shall he be laughed to scorn for he knoweth not aright what is to it is to have and it is all one unto him as if he had it not now see that goes with the sentence before that so he can't even count his blessings here and he don't know when he's well off. He don't know that he's got a roof over his head, that his, uh, his um, bicycle's bicycling, his car is working, his uh, uh, income is coming in. He's got the simple things of life, a roof over the head. Oh, look at the blessing of having your doctrine in front of you and all the, the fight that it took of all the people throughout history. To get this book to us. How thankful should we be to the Lord. And to the fellow servants. Many of them gave their life. That, so we could have this doctrine here. See there's a lot of blessings that we have. And uh, so it's good to be able to look at those. And, and count your blessings. And smell those roses. 18 it says to slip upon a pavement is better than to slip with the tongue. So the fall of the wicked shall come speedily. All right, now, it's going to come speedily, and we have plenty of signs of the times, so we know the times we live in. Don't we out there, studier? Okay, uh, but here you took a little spill, and that's, that's never fun. But when you, uh, you can't take back words that are spoken. You can try to take them back. But many times uh, it's not good and there's just no fixing it. Uh, you let your tongue go with words that you should have been wise enough to shut up here. Okay, and you'd be better to fall onto your rump than to have words that you just cannot call back. When the archer shoots that arrow, he can't say, hey, wait a minute, stop. 19. An unseasonable tale will always be in the mouth of the unwise, period. Okay, now that, that goes right along with 18. All right. In 20, a wise sentence shall be rejected when it cometh out of, the, of a fool's mouth, for he will not speak it in due season, period. So here's the seed, and if we're going to get it planted, we have to plant it in the right season, and the fool does not know that. It's the wrong time. Am I going to go out here and plant seed when there's a foot of snow on the ground? Well, not usually. Okay, so there's that. Uh, you got to know the right time and the right place and the right circumstances to not only apply the scriptures, but to when to open your mouth, period. 21 says, There is that is hindered from sinning through want. And when he hath taken rest, he shall not be troubled, period. Okay, so here... This person's held back from the sinful thing, but he's waiting. <laughs> and uh, 
with all this uh, sin in his heart and some of it coming out in his actions, he takes rest and he his conscience is seared. Okay, he has no trouble with all his evil that's in his heart here. Uh, 22, there is that destroyeth his own soul through bashfulness and by accepting of persons overthroweth himself. Okay, you didn't have the guts to speak up. It was the right time and the right place to speak up. And here you're a respecter of persons. Oh, I can't talk to that person. They're a, uh, even though I know this Bible, but here's a great theologian who is just asking for it. <laughs> just asking to have the truth sting them good, but I can't. Oh, I just can't. I'm walking uh, along here with this great person. Who am I to speak up? You're too bashful to, to uh, let your light shine. Okay, but we don't have that problem here at the King James Bible Prophecy Church. And I don't, Bo don't, Benzie don't, and neither does Harriet. Okay, so here we are, and ahead we go. All right, 23, there is that for bashfulness. Promiseth to his friend and maketh him his enemy for nothing. All right, so you promise your friend you're going to do X, Y, and Z. It may even be important to your friend. And you promised it out of uh, this bashfulness and then didn't pull through for him. And that can be an irritant, especially when people are waiting on you to do X, Y, or Z, okay? 24, this is on lying, and uh, that goes right back to the uh, Ten Commandments. A lie is a foul blot in a man, yet it is continually in the mouth of the untaught. Amen to that one, and you're going to run into these people, and they are in the habit of lying, Okay, and they don't know what they're doing. They are, people are mental. You understand these chemtrails are full of toxins. There's poison in certain foods. There's problems with the water. There's a big problem with anything in a needle. <laughs> beware, beware. They've said that all vaccines are going to have the nanorobots in them. Did they not? They absolutely did. They're going to give it to you. They're going to give it to your animals. And it works off the blue tooth radiation. So um, we got to stay true blue here. Because uh, these people are just going to be flapping their gums. The radiation, the internet. Believe in all the internet. I don't know how anybody can believe... 90% of everything on there is a lie. It's terrible. Now, there might be something I'm missing because I'm not that good at the Internet, and I don't want to be. Uh, there's a lot of people that do not know what a lie is, and they are in the habit of it. 
And they, when it comes out of their mouth, it can change every five minutes. And they don't even know. They just said something completely different. And they don't even remember it. And the same person's arrogant about what they know because they saw it on the Internet. Hey, my starter won't work. I, so I got on there, www.starter. And it says, beat on it with a hammer. I beat on it, and my car starts. Hooray, Internet. You mean your daddy didn't teach you that when you was a kid? I'm telling you this. Everyone is under the spell of the Internet. It's just terrible. Uh, Now, anybody that was raised around work knows that you tap on a starter. And it doesn't mean it's fixed, but you can get home like that. Now, that should, you should not have to go to the Internet for that, should you? <laughs> All right. All right, enough. So a lie is a foul blot in a man, whether he knows it or not. Yet it is continually in the mouth of the untaught, and that is true. They are in the, so much in the habit of lying, it is, it's just terrible. A thief is better than a man that is accustomed to lie. But they both shall have destruction to heritage, period. Okay, thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not lie. Okay, deceit, deception. The thief. And here is this custom of lying. And they make lies their refuge. And that goes in a lot of levels. All the way up to the big sorcerer at the top. And to the people that are just uh, tossed to and fro in the waves. In the muddy water. And they've just accustomed their tongue to lie. And uh, that's most people you run into. Okay, in 26, the disposition of a liar is dishonorable. And his shame is ever with him. Okay, you'll take it to the grave out there, you liar. And the higher up the, the ladder you go in politics, religion, um, financing, the worse the lies are. I mean, uh, Hitler himself bragged about the bigger the lie, the better it will work. Not the little white lie. See, everybody knows that goes on. Everybody knows. But the big old whopping lies that affect a whole country, they affect a whole city. They can affect a state. They can affect the whole world. And that's the work of the devil. So there is a good synopsis of the lie 27 a wise man shall promote himself to honor with his words and he hath he and he that hath understanding will please great men okay this isn't just a braggart this isn't someone out there pounding on their chest and boasting of himself Theirs is using the wisdom and understanding that God has given you, that you have pulled out of your heart 
and out of the doctrine. And the words will be given to you that hour by the Holy Ghost in the future here. And speaking of planting seed, we have in 28 here a harmonization with Proverbs 12, 11 and 28, 19. He that tilleth his land shall increase his heap. And he that pleaseth great, great men shall get pardon for iniquity, period. So there we have two different types. We have the worker that is tilling. And here we have the wisdom um, that has been increased. And because this person, as these proverbs have been saying, uh, you'll know how to talk plainly to quote-unquote great men. And uh, in, in, in this case, those words can be given to you right that hour by the Holy Ghost. Now, that was a promise from Jesus Christ that here in the last days that we would uh, be given the words. In 29, it says, Presents and gifts blind the eyes of the wise and stop up his mouth that he cannot reprove. Ouch. So this person, even though they're wise, they took this present. And now they are not reproving. How about if you're on the pulpit and someone uh, is, uh, what do you want to call it? Paying your retirement. Someone is uh, greasing your palm. Are you going to start reproving them? out here okay uh, so here there's a lot of reproving over the years that should have been done that wasn't done and there's a lot of payoffs and ripoffs here it's gonna go on a lot of different subjects but this is a bribe here in this case in 29 30 wisdom that is hid and treasure that is hoarded up. What profit is in them both? Again, folks, we got to know when and where to share this doctrine with people. Okay, now that's a question. What profit is in them? Well, there's none. That, that the uh, You can hoard up all that treasure. It's never spent. You never enjoy it. Wisdom should be shared. God Almighty said, let your light shine. Let your candle be seen. So there's a time and a place that we have to do that. 31, better is he that hideth his folly than a man that hideth his wisdom. Did you just hear that? Now someone that's hiding their problem here, that's not good. But if you're hiding your wisdom and understanding, you're, what, too bashful to speak to the potentate? You won't speak up. You see how bad that is here in 31. In 32, necessary patience in seeking the Lord is better than he that leadeth his life without a guide. And we have that guide, and that guide is Christ's Spirit, the great comforter, the Holy Ghost. Right? And we have this great gift. You can be confident, folks. 
as I keep studying here and going over the uh, the roots of these Antichrist Bible versions. I'm telling you, folks, we got the right Bible. I know you know that out here. But I'm telling you, the proof and the treachery that went in to try to stop this 77 books from being given to the world is absolutely mind-blowing to me. And I've been at this a long time. I see more and more proof of the King James. <laughs> 